Hello and welcome to another episode of Empty the Playbook. My voice is sounding incredibly low this week, boys and girls. I've had a bit of a sore throat postponing our normal recording slot, but I'm, I wouldn't say fully recovered, but I've come back round. So unfortunately for you, you will be hearing the same amount of Dan Williams this week. But we are back with another episode. Fun week in the NFL. And guess what? Tom Brady is still annoyingly good at American football. Amongst other storylines from this week's uh, group of games. But of course, before we get into all the NFL stuff, we've got to check in with the boys. Shapland. What's going on, mate? How's it going? Yeah, I'm doing all right. <laughs> I'm doing good. You know, do you know what I always find funny before I let you answer? And I do this too, is when people answer the question, how's it going with yes or no? <laughs> like, that's te- it's like kind of the right answer, but not, <laughs> not, not technically the right way to answer that question. How's it going? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, what does that going? mean? <laughs> anyway, sorry, carry on. <laughs> it is an affirmative, it is an affirmative notion to say it is going well. Oh, someone's used to describe that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, basically, yeah, no, it's been all right. I've been working hard, driving all over the shop, vroom, vrooming. Uh, I've just booked, as of today, a a a little getaway, which I won't go into too much detail into because I'm supposed to do it as a surprise. And while I doubt the person I'm surprising would ever bloody listen to us, um, there's people who might ruin it. Out there, I'm looking at you, Lewis Williams. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say, who you got on this trip with? Your missus? Uh, no, nah, Lewis Williams. Ah, well, no, no, it is the missus. I did message Lewis the other day though, because I've uh, that's the other thing I found their flat I'm hopefully moving into. Oh, so nice. I've messaged Lewis, and he's the first man I've arranged. I love we just chatting because I know he listens, so he's just gonna hear this in like a few days and just be like, why are they just talking about me? It's so not- yeah, um. He's not uh, really. So yeah, I'm moving <laughs> into a flat in London soon, which will be exciting. Nice. Uh, and I've Don't arranged to wear mine because you'll have loads of fans flocking to your front door. Damn it! Uh, it's all right. I'm Especially going to Renfrew. <laughs> Actually, yeah. it'll be Dan Jones for you, won't it? <laughs> oh, don't get me started on that washed up. Uh, yeah, let's let's not get into he's that a, because we'll be. He's here. a waste of. He's a waste of oxygen. Hey, playing well. No, he's not. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it was. It's quite nice because it gave me the opportunity to reach out to Lewis, who, despite us sending memes to each other, I haven't had a nice conversation with in a while. So looking forward to hopefully having a pint catch up with the man himself. Very um, nice. Uh, for anyone else listening and doesn't know who that person is, if this makes the cut, uh, that is one of our nearest and dearest from our university years. Uh, so hello, Lewis, because we know you are a big fan of the show. But. Um, yeah, do you know what? I'm I'm jealous of you kind of planning trips and things like that, even if it is meant to be a surprise. Because I'm dying for holiday, man. It's been way... It's not abroad. It's not. It's a weekend holiday. Care. It's a weekend holiday. But anyway, do you know who I really want to hear from, Mr. Daniel Williams? Who's that, Mr. Edward Chaplin? 
It's Mr. Edward Thorns. Oh, God. We are, full names. What's going on here? Uh, Ed Thorns. Thornsy. What's going on? How's it going? Next. Give your mother's maiden name, the street you grew up on, and the name of your first pet as well, please. And your PIN number. And your PIN number. No. <laughs> <laughs> you look like you considered it. Oh, hello, everyone. I'm good. Thank you for asking. Um, I have my second vaccine. I don't know if you actually asked how it was a week, but I'm going to assume you did and answer that question. Um, I had my second vaccine on Monday, which was nice. Well, not nice, but it's you know, good to get it done. Fox stamp. Um, yeah, I didn't know you moved into London. That's pretty cool, though, Shouts. So I guess it's a sign the job's going well. <laughs> he hasn't got sacked yet. <laughs> yeah, still going after what, a month? Still pending. Uh, after... Well, a week and four I was gonna days. Say, I was gonna well, say, it's been a month. I thought it was well, a month. It's, a, it's been a week and four days, which is why I'm kind of, I'm kind of hoping I get paid before my landlord asks for the deposit, because that's when it, <laughs> times might get a bit sketchy. <laughs> considering I've still got my uni maxed out overdraft, he's about to ask for a deposit in first months of rent, which is going to be a very interesting situation. <laughs> it's going to be a lot of fun in London as well. Uh, the way you're going, you'll be CEO by the end of the month, by the sounds of things. No. <laughs> uh, anyway, what, what's kind of going on with you, Thorns, at the minute? You're kind of working and different things like that? Yeah, still working. Trying to get my dissertation finished still. Yeah. Just taking that easy. Um, yeah, you far, you far off finishing your dissertation or? Probably about a month or two, I reckon. Um, which, you know, doesn't seem like, which seems like a bit of a while, but, you know, it's more of like a, kind of on the back burner at the moment which yeah. you know there's no stress so it's cool um and yeah other than that really doing nothing like just working writing working writing watching tv finished sex education in like three days which is oh, mate. really embarrassing but no it's not it's, I th- it. it's uh it's taken i was gonna say the nation by storm but i would imagine it's probably i think it's probably one of those shows that's quite global isn't it even though it's all kind was, of here yeah I was going to say, actually, um, I've actually been really poor. I went to watch the new season, then realised I only got three episodes into season two before I stopped watching season two. So I've actually only ever seen season one. I like I like the show, don't get me wrong, but you know my ADHD. I get If I get distracted and I roll off something, I, it, I find it difficult to get back into it. However, I have been watching Fresh Prince still. I know I say, say it's every week. Did we not watch season two together in third year? Is that why it's not on my Netflix? Because that would make a lot of sense. Because I could have yeah, sworn I watched it, then I went on my Netflix and I've only got three episodes watched. I thought we watched it as a house. That could be it. Mm. Oh, well, You're I'm... proving your point about your ADHD. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're all about representation here at Empty the Playbook. But uh, yeah, no, it's... It is very good. I also, to be fair to Shaps, given the benefit of the doubt, which I don't always do, um, I hadn't watched series two at all. I watched series one and me and my flatmate binged series two over the weekend and last weekend. And now we're getting through series three uh, to catch up, but it's very, very good. Um, and 
yeah, there you go. That's my very thorough review of sex yeah. education as a show. Well, if we if we give it like a week or two, everyone else will watch it and we can do a proper breakdown. So there you go. That's what that's what the people really sure want. What people really want is an episode where we compare NFL quarterbacks to uh, characters in sex education. Oh my god! Do you know what we should do as an episode idea? Sorry, everyone, to go off, but we should get kind of famous figures from the NFL and compare them to TV characters. Yeah, that's a very good idea. Do you know what we should do though now? Should we get on with the show? You're probably right there, mate. That's a that's a very good shout. Um, so let's do that. Um, we are looking back over the week two. I want to say fixtures. I think that's quite a British term, but you know, fixtures will do over the week two matches, games. Um, and every week we'll do a review of a couple of the games. We won't get into the nitty-gritty of all the games because that would use too much of your time and you've got other things to do. But we are looking at new and interesting ways every week to try and continue to improve our model of how we review games. And this week, the way we're going to do it is that each of us has picked a different game to kind of discuss. And from that, we're going to pose a question to the other two. And whoever is posing the question is going to choose who goes first. And we're going to basically do a for and against kind of argument and it might be tough because you might be put in the spot where you've got to argue against, say, so for example, if someone poses the question, is Daniel Jones, if Thornsy poses the question, is Daniel Jones on to be MVP? And I say, no, he's not. He's not very good. That means that Shaps does have to say that, yes, he can. Uh, no, no, he's not. He's awful. <laughs> get him off. But that, but that is the model, basically, is that if you get, the short, if you draw the short straw and you have to argue for something or against something that you may disagree with, tough, basically, because you got to do it. You've been put in that boat. And we were kind of deciding whether or not before the show to do it kind of premeditated and know which size we were going to be arguing for or against. And we thought, no, stuff it. It's going to be more interesting, more fun to put us on the spot, test our NFL knowledge, uh, and really try and convince you of different sides of an argument. Uh, so with that being said, I think we're going to head over to the person whose incredibly interesting idea this was, uh, Mr. Edward Thorns, who's going to review one of week two's interesting matches and pose us a question to discuss. Over to you, Thornsy. Okay, thank you. Yeah, so I don't know if this match was really interesting, but I think it produced some intriguing questions to follow up on, so... Roll with it. Good look at the Bills versus the Dolphins. 35-0 route. Um, you know, the Bills dominated from start to finish. Tua was obviously knocked out of the game quite early. And the Bills just... As anyone who plays fantasy football knows, when you give up zero points, you've had a very, very good week from the defence and offensively. The running backs look good. So, I don't think there's much to say about the game other than the Bills are kind of back. That was a big statement for them especially after the Dolphins beat the Patriots in week one. So I think, yeah, it was it was a very big game for them. I don't think there's much else to say, so I'll just go straight into the questions, really. Starting with the, the lesser question, I think, which still could be important, and that is, as, a, as an analyst of the NFL, are you a little bit worried about the way Josh Allen has started the season? That, that's the first question. Do you want to answer it now, or do you want to... Do both and then answer both. Why don't we take this question now? I'll let Dan pick his side first. 
Oh, interesting. And what, how, how have you kind of worded this question? Because I think that's kind of important. Are you worried about Josh Allen? No, I am not. Um, I wish I've been thinking about this for the past two weeks with the Bills because obviously week one, they go down to the Steelers after a second half collapse. And then last week, you know, they were comfortable against the Dolphins, but how much of that was Josh Allen? And people are probably thinking like, oh, because he played so well last year, it's not quite the kind of, and and I, maybe these things stem from fantasy as well and that he's not getting as many points as he did last year where he was kind of just popping off. But I'm not worried about him at all. I, I, I think people are worried about getting back towards that kind of Josh Allen that he was for the first three, two, three years of his career. His stat lines are all right. His stat lines look good. He's, you know, other than accuracy, kind of the main thing, he's kind of ticking over that offense and making it work. It's not been kind of the polarizing, exhilarating kind of offense that it has been to start the year, but they've also played two very good defenses. I think Steelers, arguably the best unit in the NFL and Dolphins, underrated unit. Like realistically, Brian Flores, very good defensive coach. Uh, and like I said, the Dolphins, very good defensive unit that's got players like Xavier Howard that... The pass rush is probably the big thing there, letting them down, but the linebacking core is okay. Uh, you've got Byron Jones, obviously, on the other side uh, of the defensive backs. Uh, so he's played two good defences, and the stat lines have been okay. And I trust in Brian Dayball, who they managed to retain. I talked about that last week or the week before. Um, I think it's going to come. And I, I think it's one of those things. The NFL is so hard to gauge early on, you know. I'm looking at this, and I was watching a bit of a Good Morning Football this morning, funnily enough. And um, just thinking about that, I, for some reason, it kind of got into my head. I was thinking about, like, oh, playoff scenarios, and, like, who would be playing who? And I was like, with two games in, like, you can't read anything into it. Like, the Chiefs currently sit third in the AFC West. Or fourth, they might be below. Nah, they'd be probably be above the charges. But like, do you know what I mean? Like, and everyone's saying that Patrick Mahomes is going to be MVP again, but they've got the same record as the Bills. Um, so who's to say? But I'm not worried about Josh Allen at all. I think Josh just Allen. To, yeah, go ahead. Just to add to the the records uh, discussion and Chiefs and AFC West, while I can. <laughs> Only two unbeaten teams in the AFC. Derek Carr's the real MVP this oh, year. The Raiders and the Broncos. I thought it was Nate Hobbs. Nate Hobbs played well. He was mic'd up. On yeah, he's cooking. He's cooking. Um, sorry, just, I know we're, we're not we're not talking about the Raiders this week. So I just want to have to get it in there. And seeing as I don't know how long it'll last, I just want to get it. <laughs> well, right. In which case, is it? Are we had enough of Dan's voice now? Is it my turn? I think I came off a little bit. Yeah, well, I was fin- I was finished. To be fair, uh, I'll I'll be polite considering I don't want to really hear from Shaps. But okay, let me uh, let me let me talk you let me talk you through. So at university, it's sixty percent to get a two one. Yeah, Josh Allen has only got a two one one season in his bloody career. He his accuracy has never. By, by the way, I'd like to also put out a caveat that. These might not be my true opinions. These are just the opinions of the side. No, 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 there's none of that. There's none of that. <laughs> okay, okay, anyway. And also, uh, Josh Allen. No, 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 Stats don't lie. Stats don't lie, yeah? Um, the man 
the man's completion percentage in the years of his career, first year, 52.8%, and he had spent most of the time running the ball. Second year, uh, 58.8%, still sub 60. Last year, he got almost 70% completion rate, but this year he started at 56. Now, I'm an economist. I can tell you what I see there. I see an anomaly. And that's what last season was for Josh Allen. Yes, he's got the big boy arm. Yes, he can fling it about. But the difference last year was his receivers were making plays. He puts the ball out there and hopes for the ble- and hopes for the best. Like we saw, we saw like if you've got receivers making plays, it makes a quarterback like Josh Allen look better. His receivers are not making those plays this year. His throws are even worse, which is making him look worse. I'm sorry, I don't care if he had a good game last game. But it doesn't matter. Plus, you've got to think about the turnover ratio. Uh, so, first, you've got to think about the turnover ratio. Like, he throws about 10 interceptions a year, but he also coughs up the ball about five or six times on the ground. That's a lot. That's a lot. Like, you, you don't, like, you're caught, you've got a quarterback that's turning it over 15 times a year. His accuracy is sub 60%. Yes, he throws big yardage. Yes, he could put up numbers. I'm sorry, but what's the point in putting up numbers against bad teams? Like, it's like even even Daniel Jones has put up numbers this year. He's still a waste of space. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying Josh Allen is bad. I'm just saying it might be sounding warning bells that last season wasn't a sign of the best, the best next best thing. It was a sign that he had a good year and a contract year. Joe Flacco had a good year and a contract year. You don't like Joe. Joe Flacco it's also was a Super Bowl ring. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He he had that good year. Got the got the got the ring. Got the like stats. Got his contract. And look what happened to him. Josh Allen's got the stats, but he didn't even get a bloody ring, and he still got paid. Right? If I was a Bills fan. I'm scared because it's looking more like that last year was a product of the system. Well, not the system, but the players around him, the individual players around him. Think about the year Stephon Diggs had last year. Yeah. And that was where a lot of Allen's yardage and touchdowns came from. So just food for thought. And with that, I'll let Fawnsy carry on. I'm going to give my two cents very, very quickly just to add some points, not necessarily to agree or disagree, but also in terms of that last point, Stefan Diggs hasn't gone anywhere. He's still there. So that doesn't mean that he can't have... Yeah, but I'm, I'm saying he relies on the receivers making the plays. If Stefan Diggs isn't making all the plays for him, we've seen the decline in his numbers. The reason why he played so well last year is because Stefan Diggs played so well last year. Uh, an, an offense has to have all the parts working to work well. Um all the parts working. <laughs> God. <laughs> Jeez. On, on that note. Oh, hold on. I have got one more thing to say. Uh, not in terms of, but just in general to the question. I think I said right at the top of this question, it was important kind of how you worded it. And you, the way you said it in terms of like, are you worried about Josh Allen? Is an interesting question because does that mean that are you worried he's not going to be an MVP this year, but he's just going to play solidly? Like, you know, some Bills fans might be worried that he's not going to reach the same place that he did last year, which is fair enough. That's a genuine worry, I suppose. But he can still play really, really well to the same degree that, say, maybe Ryan Tannehill played last year. Solid numbers. And Matt Ryan, solid numbers. But, you know, not MVP level. Or are you worried that genuinely that's not your guy? That, that the, like, that was, a, like, Shaps described it, an anomaly. 
and that he's like literally one and done. My 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 train of thought for the negative is the worry. I I never. I don't think that by any means that Josh Allen is going to be a bad player or ever will be a bad player in the NFL. I'm saying the consistency is the issue. He got he like he had one year which stood out far above his other years. Yeah, he showed him flashes, and he had one year where he kept it together consistently. If that's literally like you're talking about the big arm, you're talking about showing it in flashes. We're literally talking about Joe Flacco here. That's my worry. You paid all this money to Josh Allen now, and if Josh Allen doesn't start, doesn't keep that consistency, then you've got real issues. Boy, he's he's not even the best Josh Allen in the NFL anymore. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that on that note, we'll end it because that was a really nice quote. Um, yeah, I don't know. Do you want me to sum up or just move on to the next one? Yeah, no, you you carry on. You go ahead. You, you yeah. move on to the next one. Okay, okay. So moving on to the next question from this game, which I think is, I mean, they're both QBs, but I think we're approaching them from very different angles here, these two questions. So the, the next question I have is, do you think Tua Tagovailoa is too injury prone to be a franchise quarterback for the Miami Dolphins? Chaps, you get to go first. No. Fair play, well said. <laughs> oh, you wanted me to explain. You wanted me to explain. Uh, right. Are, we, are, you, are you all forgetting about a little thing we heard called Tank for Tua? This isn't, this isn't some like, this isn't some Josh Allen, Daniel Jones bum quarterback we're talking about Tua Tagovailoa do you know how hard that name is to say the fact I can say that and I can barely say Terry McLaurin shows how much we talk about this guy like yes he's injured yes he's a bit injury prone are we forgetting he plays literally the softest position in professional sports like realistically if if he has the right protection, he doesn't. He, he can get the ball out quick. He doesn't need to be taking hits. I think, and his game in, in Alabama was always his high accuracy. And I reckon that's just what he's got to get back to. I want to see a system which he plays in, or I want him to have good protection, quick drop, quick passes. Brady's, what, 45 now? Brady's 45 and playing quarterback. You're telling me Tua can't play quarterback at 24 because of injuries? If Brady gets hit, he probably snaps in half. Like he's two has just got to tailor his game to the way to like accept that. As a passer, like I know people have been up and down on him in the NFL. I've always thought he's been solid. Like he's he's a good passer of the ball. Actually's never been his issue. Maybe he's not got like maybe he's not got that splash wow factor. But he, Tom Brady doesn't have a splash wow factor, and he's still the most decorated NFL player of all time. Like you don't need to be a splash wow factor player like Pat Mahomes to be a to be an outstanding quarterback. Peyton Manning wasn't an outstanding athlete in any real respect of the ball. Peyton Manning didn't even really throw that pretty a spiral. He just was switched on and didn't get it. like and like he like quarterbacks that just stay in the pocket sometimes like your Mannings and your Brady don't have to get hit and I don't think Tua has to get hit to play the way he plays. 
he's not like Kyler Murray. Admittedly, I've said this before, but Kyler Murray doesn't take contact anyway. But he's not someone who needs to, who like runs with the ball as part of his game. He doesn't need to because he's got that high level of accuracy. Not that Kyler doesn't. That's a bad example because Kyler's just awesome at everything. I'm a big Kyler Murray fan, if you can't tell. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, so to, to build on that quickly, do you think that if Tua, because you can't just say, obviously, he is, he is obviously a great player injuries, regardless of that. Do you think that the Dolphins, doesn't need to... do you think the Dolphins have a responsibility to protect him, to make sure that he... One thousand percent. They need to get an offensive scheme in. That is, they need to look at what the Bucks are doing. That's what they. That's what they need to look at. You look at how the Bucks are playing at the moment, and it's it's quick. Like you saw that. I think it was the opening game of the season against Dallas. You saw that Brady release time was ridiculous. He was throwing the ball within like three seconds of the snap happening. Like that just gives no time for him to get hit. And Tua has that precision, in my opinion. So. Why don't they? Like, if you've got someone who could be such a precise passer, why don't you just build this short passing game? You've got, like, playmaking receivers in that team. Like, you've got Jalen Waddle and people like that who can make the plays. You've got Miles Gaskin, a good running game. And then, yeah, get some play action going, get some rollouts, and then you can go deep. But don't give him, like, don't give him, like, long periods of time. He needs to be in the pocket or, like, moving pocket, like, or situation where the pocket's going to move. Or like stuff where he's likely to get hit. Basically, if they can make a scheme which minimizes him getting hit, it's no issue. He'll be a he'll be a good NFL player, a very good NFL player. I think it's yeah. I I think to sort of sum summarize on your point, I think it shows a lack of responsibility from the Dolphins front office that they haven't already implemented this system, knowing his injury history. Okay. Dan, do you want to counter? Yes, I would like to counter. The question, is Tua Tungavailoa too injury prone? Easy mm. time. That's fine, I finished. <laughs> uh, yes. Is it his own fault? No. Behind that O-line, you don't stand a chance. The O-line is just something that they've not addressed. They went with Austin Jackson a year ago, two drafts ago, uh, and was the fifth choice, wasn't he, or something like that, the fourth or the fifth tackle taken in that draft. And so they basically were like, because they took two at first, obviously they wanted their guy, and then they were basically like, oh, we'll take the best of the rest at tackle, and it's just not good enough. Like, if tackle is one of those positions that you need to go for, well, offensive line in general, but especially tackle, you need to go and get your... Sorry, wait, wait. Sorry, can I just interject? I've just had a pop-up. Apparently, Lamar Jackson is missing practice due to a hip injury. He sustained by flipping to celebrate his touchdown. That sounds about right. And kind of relevant because of two is... Yeah. Hips that are falling off. Um, It's just a funny, just a funny, like, sort of story anyway carry on how many first round second round you know top 100 picks they had over the past couple of drafts and they've addressed it with austin jackson and leah meikenberg from byu 
Like, it's, it's not good enough. Like, you need to go out and get these guys that are going to make the difference. If you want your guy to be protected, and it's the same with the Bengals, Joe Burrow is going to get injured again. Let's, let's be real. That's what happened last year. Joe Burrow got injured, and now Joe Burrow is playing all right this year, but Joe Burrow was more talented than Tua. Now, they haven't done it again, the Dolphins. They haven't gone out and, uh, you know, and granted, they've basically gone for the same approach. Let's get him a few more weapons. Let's get him Will Fuller. Let's get him Jaden Model. Great, really cool weapons, but if he's got no time, and against the Bills pass rush that wasn't very good against the shoddy Steelers line, we'll get into Tua. No worries. He got sacked twice on the first drive on Sunday. Ridiculous. So through no fault of his own, yeah, he's too injury prone because that hip that he did in college at Alabama, massive. That's going to affect his mobility. And Shaps kind of said that he can maybe turn into this kind of pocket passer. But at the minute, he's not He's not doing that. He's not getting those big-time plays and different things like that. If you want to be this pocket passer, you need those big-time plays. Tom Brady, that's 45, well, however old he is, maybe 300. We None of us know. We doesn't matter can make those big-time plays because, yes, he's got arguably better weapons. Not arguably, they are probably better weapons, but he can still make those big plays down the field. So you're, not... you're, saying, you're saying it's lights on tour? Yeah. Well, I'm not saying it's lights on tour. I'm saying if they sort out the O-line. But what, why don't you think he can convert into this pocket passer? His because he, he doesn't have the time. It's not enough. You say, like, oh, yeah, let's get these quick passes away. It's still not enough time. He got sacked twice on the first drive when the line were the freshest that they possibly could be. Yeah, but the defensive line is also the freshest they can possibly be. They've been sat in the changing room all week, staring at each it other, if they're not, each if other, they're not ejecting a, each a, other. If they're not, you know, on paper, a very good O-line, uh, D-line, sorry. You know, granted, I like the Bills' D-line, but... They hadn't played well. They didn't play well against the Steelers' uh, offensive line that is crap now. Yeah? That, you know, the, that, pit, that, Steelers, that Steelers' O-line used to be feared. We talked about that last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. O -line's and then it's not anymore, and the Bills should have run over them, and they didn't. And Ben Roethlisberger can't move. Yeah. And they didn't and get any sacks on him. O-lines come and go. They can build a new O-line. They can build a better Yes, they can, but they're choosing not to. And they've had the chance for the past couple of years to do that, and they haven't done that. So if they continue not to do that, then Tua is going to continue to get more and more injured, more and more battered, and the longevity of it is not going to be there. And, he, and you know, he, he won't be able to do it. Yes, he will. And that's that's all we have time for. Thornsy, what do you either what do you think or are you going to leave it? Yeah, actually, you? can we? Can, I, I think an interesting segment on this is Thornsy, judge and jury, judge and jury. Uh, <laughs> both, who do you side with for each of that for each argument? It, you can side with both one person for both. Dan might get offended. Each one. <laughs> um, be fair. Is is Thornsy being judge and jury for the actual? question or is he being judge and jury for how well we we'll say arguments um what was the first who who went we should oh no dan okay i agree with dan on the first one in that we shouldn't be worried about josh allen because i think it's two games you know he 
you may not have come out of the gates particularly strong, but I don't think that's going to be your theme throughout the season when it is a long season. And yeah, I think that's I do that's what I'd have to say. And yeah, I think I agree with, with Shaps in the second one in that it's because I think the basis of your argument was like he's not he's not a bad player. He just doesn't have the pieces around him. And I know that's kind of what you both said, but I agree with it from the perspective of he's like we should have he's not too injury prone. That's what, I agree with it from the perspective that he's not too injury prone to be a franchise quarterback because the system isn't around him. Which I think it is what you both kind of said. And I think I don't know more to put words in your mouth, but Dan, I feel like that's kind of what you thought as well. Like he isn't too injury prone. So I say that. But I think it's an interesting question, not not to blow my trumpet or whatever, but because the the topic of injuries and quarterbacks is so relevant right now. Like Yeah. You know, obviously talk about Lamar get maybe getting injured, Borrow coming back, like all this kind of thing. Like it's just a, that question of how much the injuries important anyways so yeah that's a one one apiece oh nice one well well thought well thought daniel well thought yes yeah yes yeah, great battle sir well, well well played it was the the honor was all mine um and it, um, it, it was nice for thornsy to be 50 percent right about who weren't as well so that's <laughs> yeah um, shame you had to toss your bone though <laughs> uh i hope we're all the way through we don't uh, the winner of each argument is, and whoever goes first. <laughs> but there you right. go. Whoever gets to choose their point. Okay, no more chaps. You're done. Um, actually, I say that, but we are coming back round to you because it is your turn to give us a quick review of a game and pose us some questions. So let's go. go, 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 go. Don't know okay. Was. Yeah. So David. Beat Goliath. The Jets versus any other football team in the NFL. Um, what's another underdog story? Le- uh, the Cavs versus the Cavs. Was it? Was it the Warriors? The Cavs versus the Warriors. Cavs. I think. <laughs> <laughs> like the body part. <laughs> oh God. The Cavs, um, the uh, Cavaliers versus the Warriors. That's the underdog story. They had LeBron. Yeah, but weren't they like minus 10 favourites? I can't imagine so. Underdog story. Anyway, underdog stories. Oh. And we saw it, we saw another one this weekend. We saw the Atlanta Falcons beat. We saw the Atlanta Falcons versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, right, pretty, pretty straightforward. Brady, five touchdowns, no interception. Gronk looks back in his prime, which is aggravating. Um, not, I actually love Gronk. It's just more that the Bucks have Brady and Gronk, and I'm, I've spent too like most of my life. I, well, my, not most of my life. Most of my football watching period has been watching Brady and Gronk, and I quite like to see something new. I mean, they are in a different color. So, anyway. Um, so straight off the Bataruno, I'm just going to get into it. It was a fairly one-sided game. The Falcons put up some points. They really are struggling to get their passing game going, which is strange for them. Do you know, um, uh, Matt Ryan's thrown more touchdown. Matt Ryan's like, uh, was a stat. I can't remember who the player was, but he got picked off twice by someone for two pick sixes. 
So he's thrown more more into more like touchdown passes to an opposing player than he had to a single opposing player than he has to a single teammate all year. But anyway, so question number one is not can the Bucks go back to back? It's how how long how long shevitable is this Bucks team? Can the Bucks stay dominant for the next five years? Go. Dan. Oh. Stuff it. I'll go with the tough argument and see if I can win. No, they cannot. I mean, I suppose, I don't know actually if that's the tough argument. Yes, might be. The- Brady will be 40 in five years. 40? 50 in five years. 50, yeah, Jesus Christ. Um, however, he has come out and said that he's going to play until he's 50. And I'm not going to lie, we all thought he was washed up in that kind of playoff game. What am I doing? I'm arguing no. Anyway, um, what was the question? <laughs> Can they still be doing it in five years? Um, no. Like, so, something's going to happen. Like, they can't keep everyone on that team happy in terms of money and everything like that, even if you can keep Tom Brady around. Like, oh, dare I be that idiot that says Tom Brady's not going to be playing in five years. But Tom Brady's not going to be playing in five years, let's be honest. There's got to be some form of thing on him but you know he said in an interview recently that he reckons he will yeah well I'm here to tell you I know him personally and his body's not going to cope and oh, you know a lot about his body don't you I shouldn't have had <laughs> I shouldn't have had a fizzy drink before I started talking um yeah they can't do it they can't keep everyone on that team happy they can't continue to pay everybody and make sure that all those pieces are kind of there um granted they've hit on a couple of draft picks recently but that success isn't going to stay. You're not going to hit on draft picks every single year, no matter how good your kind of office is. So there's going to be a point where you're going to have to pay the piper and guys are going to want to go elsewhere and prove that they can do it elsewhere. And if it continues success, coaches are going to want to go to other places. I can't remember who, uh, who the OC and DC are currently. Is it, um, oh, it's the former quarterback, isn't it? What's his name? Can't remember. He's their OC. Um, I think he was a left-handed guy. Byron Leftwich. Byron Leftwich, that's exactly who it is. He's going to be shipped somewhere. Young guy, offensive-minded coach. It's the Sean McVay effect again. So pieces are going to move around, and there's just, you know, the Patriots did it year on year, but it wasn't, sorry, I say year on year. The Patriots did it for an extended period of time, but there was kind of splodges, I guess, where they didn't do it. They failed, and that's going to happen to the Bucks. So are they going to continue to play at a high level? Probably, if they keep Tom Brady around. But we saw, you know, all these pieces were there, except Tristan Wirfs and Tom Brady, really, and I guess Gronk, who's, you know, come back. But, um, you know, if you don't have that quarterback, you're finishing potentially bottom of that division with an incredible roster. So Tom Brady isn't going to be around for the next five years, he's going to maybe have one, maybe two more years, and they're going to be not done, but they're not going to be as successful as they have been. Thornsey, I feel like I've done your argument there, to be honest. I kind of talked myself into a corner, but nonetheless, go ahead. I've got two arguments. Number one, Tom Brady is like, could actually play till he's like 55, 60, maybe not 60, but 
like he just gets better and better and better and better. And now he's like 40, 45 and people are saying he's the best he's ever looked. Like his accuracy is ridiculous. His release is as quick as it's ever been. Bonzi, you're the best you've ever looked. <laughs> Thank you. you oh, um, just on well. just on that, I spoke about Brady's pre-second release earlier. Apparently, it's the like the, his release this year is apparently yeah his the fastest his release has ever been. Thank you for confirming that Thornsy just said that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, take it. No, he said he's looking quicker. I was saying he's also statistically quicker. Okay. Yeah. So he's, he's just after that. Oh, I said ignore that one. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he's statistically quicker. He's. I think that this is the first time in his career he scored like whatever like amount of touchdowns in two back-to-back games. There's some storyline: eight, nine, nine touchdowns, and it's like the first time in his career he's ever done that. More than that, like. And he won the Super Bowl with a torn MCL. That is ridiculous. No matter how old you are, that's ridiculous. So, like, that idea that he's aging and his body's going to give up on him, like, his body gave up on him and he won the Super Bowl. So, it's, it's not ridiculous to think that he can do that for another five years. When Dan had a torn MCL, he just cried and missed, a, and missed half a season. <laughs> I also had a torn PCL at the same time. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, but also his playing style lends itself to not having to move. So <laughs> same with yours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's true. But then, you know, that's not necessarily a knock. Do you know what I mean? It is a knock, but it's not like. Yeah, well, I'm talking of knocks. What, what? What? So, for example, they're playing the Rams this weekend. If Aaron Donald hits him the wrong way is that his career done potentially but then the, i think that's the risk of any qb you know and and also that that leads on to my next argument which i'll get to in like literally like two seconds i just one more point that yeah. brady has seen every defense that teams are throwing at him like i think chris collins will have to say this on the first match football against the cowboys like it doesn't matter how you try and run up how you try and beat him he's seen it all and had and there's no sign of mentally slowing down which could obviously happen very quickly and overnight become like you know next season he could just not be there like like Peyton Manning but you know I'm not gonna I'm not gonna talk about that because it's not important right now to me um but yeah my next point is just how strong the box roster is like there I know that you know you know you might can't feed every every mouth and guys are gonna leave and rookies are gonna outdo their deals like their secondary is really built on why am I saying that ignore that they've got a lot of young pass rushers coming through uh, did they get they got Russo? No, they didn't get Russo. They got Tryon. So they got him coming through behind Pierre Corn, but Chuck Barrett. They've still got Vita there for a long time. Duncan Sue isn't slowing down. The defense generally is stacked. The receiving core is one of the best, if not the best, in the league, and still has young guys coming in behind them, like Scotty Miller and, and Tyler Johnson. Oh, it took me so long to say those names. The O line is one of the best in the NFL. And that's like what gives me so much confidence in them been able to sustain it is that it doesn't I don't think it really matters who they put a QB they're still going to be competitive and there's a lot of guys who could be like coming becoming available in the next few years that can easily keep them taking over as a contender which I know oh, is a weak argument okay there we go okay right uh, no next Next point is the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, was Kyle Pitts 
worth the number four pick, bearing in mind the state of their roster. I kind of gave you, I kind of gave you a hint there. And Fordy actually gets the pick. You say a hint, it's not a, pick. it's not a black and white answer, is it? Really? Like you said, gave a hint, like <laughs> the answer is staring <laughs> us in the face. Uh, right, so Fawnsy actually gets to go first. Was Carl Pitts worth it? Not Carl Pitts. Carl Pitts. We're not arguing about hardwood floor. Like, what was the why, why, why are we not argue, arguing about hardwood floor? Because that's not a carpet. <laughs> well, yeah, but you're, you're talking, you, you argue a carpet against its competitors. Oh, God. Was, it, was the Falcons' decision to re-upholster there? <laughs> I like that. Yeah, okay, that's the question. Was the Falcons' decision to re-upholster their offense worth it? Do the Falcons need an interior designer to step in? <laughs> um, well, I'll go to the original question. So this is a serious podcast. No, Culpitz was not the right decision. Like we all, I'm pretty sure we all said it at the time. It still completely rings true now. With Justin Fields, even with Mac Jones available, the way he's kind of started the season as, as a you know functional starter. No, 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 no. We said it at the time. We said it so many times that I don't even need to argue this for that long. Matt Ryan was it was a great quarterback. Could even be Hall of Famer in the future. That's up in the air. But anyways, but his time is kind of over. And Arthur Smith, you know, should and and who's the new GM? I can't remember his name. Do they have? They do have a new GM. Anyway, I don't know his name, but they should have gone QB. They should have gone Justin Fields. They should have started this rebuild, got a great quarterback, and especially now that the guys in the 2022 draft aren't looking all that special, you know, we'll, we'll... turn that page when we get to it. I forget his name. Terry Fontenot. Yeah, that's the one. Terry Fontenot. They they had to go QB. They had to rebuild. They had to show. They had, they had to start again because this roster isn't very good. Culpitz could be in the, you know, we, we literally said this at the time, but he could easily be a Hall of Famer. But it doesn't matter. If you don't have a good QB, you're not going anywhere. That's the perfect point to start. Sorry. So you're saying you're saying the tight end position isn't worth drafting in, even if you're drafting a pretty much one of the best prospects of all time at the position? No, that's not, no, that's not what I'm saying. It kind of is, but it isn't. It, it's, just, it's the thing of, like, if you have a chance to get a true franchise quarterback against a very, very, very good tight end, you have to go with the quarterback. So you think they should have taken fields then? Yeah, that's basically the argument. Or what I'm trying to say is Carl Pitts wasn't the right selection number four because they could have got Justin Fields. Okay, that's, yeah. That's my argument. Okay, so my argument is that, yes, he was with... Tight. <laughs> Good, because that's exactly what I did for Thornsey's one as well. Um, yeah, my argument is that he is worth it because if you can find that kind of elite all pro kind of playmaker to build around, then I think that's definitely an argument. If you said to me now that this guy was definitely guaranteed to be Travis Kelsey at that level of Darren Waller and everything like that, and you could take him at number four, would you say yes? Like if you could have Travis Kelsey in your team, like genuinely dominating you'd say yes. And I believe that he's going to be that player. He's making plays now. Week one, a little bit slow. Um, last week, even better. I think he's just going to get, e like with the more targets, uh, more receptions, he's going to make those plays. We've seen it in training camp, uh, the preseason, 
everything like that. The one-handed catches, the juggles. I mean, he did it on the weekend. He had the one that was kind of like behind him and he caught it with one hand, brought it in and then carried on. It was like, was it Kittle did it a couple of years ago? The throw was kind of behind him and the two DBs kind of converged, both tackled each other, missed and Kittle just streamed up the middle. That's basically what it was. Just he didn't go the length of the field. But he's also in his second game of NFL action. And he said NHL for some reason. NHL, yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. I, I very well with some of my skates on. Playing the game earlier, to be fair. But uh, <laughs> also sports. Yeah! Carl um, <laughs> Pitts is going to be an all-pro and continue to make plays and be amazing. And I think, like you said, I'm someone that believes in Justin Fields as well. But I think they feel like they can eke out a couple more years of Matt Ryan playing at a very good level. Their problem is kind of the same as the Dolphins in that they haven't got the O-line. And, like, their O-line sucks. Like, two of, you know, two of, <laughs> two of, the <laughs> that was awful, sorry, dad joke. Um, two of the worst O-line units in the entire NFL. And, you know, your quarterback can't play if he's... Would you not justify that as a need for the tight end, then, to have that dump off? What do you mean? In what regards? If you've got a tight end, you can get the ball out quicker. Well, arguably so. But again, if you do not have the time, and it depends what you want from your quarterback. If you want him to kind of be that player and kind of, I mean, Travis Kelsey makes it up. He's he's fully come out and said, like, I just make it up. And sometimes I look at Patrick pre-snap as he's doing his cadence and I'll just give him the look like I'm going to make this up. And like he just does, and he just finds a place to sit. Carl Pitts is probably at the stage in his career where he hasn't earned the right to do that yet against the OC. Do you know what I mean? He's got to run the routes that are given to him. And so that will come and he'll earn that respect. He's earned mine already. So you do what you want, Kylie boy. But yeah, if you want him to be that dump off person, then yeah, absolutely. If he's going to get those targets, make those plays, yeah, feel free. If that's where the Falcons end the season because nothing else is working. I could see them doing that. Carl Pitts being the kind of short, shallow option, Calvin Ridley D. Like, that's something that seems like it could work for me. But it hasn't worked yet. We're two games into the season. Yeah, and everyone's bet should be. A bit also, they played against the Bucks unit that we talked about uh, just now as being one of the best units in the NFL, and they scored points. So, yeah. with a very, very good front. Thornsey listed oh. off the entire front. Shaq Barrett. Joe Tryon and Dominican Sue. Okay, wait, stop. And stop. Time. They still scored points. So, Carl Pitts. Time. Okay, so it's actually not, it sounds copy outy, but I've got reasoning behind it. First round goes to Fawnsy, second round goes to Dan. Um, first round, I've given to, uh, I've given to Mr. Edward Fawns. I just felt like he had the better argument. I felt, I felt, Dan sort of dug his own grave in that one. However, round two, I was all ready to give to Fawnsy. And then Dan started using Fawnsy against himself, which is, I, I really enjoyed. Plus, I liked the fact you used live, uh, live analysis from the games as well. Not live, but analysis from the actual games. You clearly, uh, you clearly know your, your shizzle. And Fawnsy, don't get me wrong, I probably I agree with your point more, but I don't agree with your. I don't think you had the better argument, if that makes sense. So I, I agree with your point that Fields sh- should have been the draft pick. I'm sure Dan will probably say similar. Yeah, Dan's nodding, yeah. But I think Dan's argument probably because he knew he had to argue, hence why I cut him off because he he just kept going. Bless him. 
So um, yeah, the corner. Poor Kyle Pitts. He's been thrown on a shocking team. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, I I I like Dan's points and his arguments and how he made them. So it's one all again. So Dan is on two. Fonzie, you're on one. I'm on one. Going into the final round, the most we can do is have a three-way tie, or it will be one winner, one person on two points, one person on one point. Daniel. Thank you, you maths genius. Can you tell <laughs> I did maths in my degree? I love it. Uh, cool. Right, on to me. Let's get through this nice and easy breezy. So I have decided to look at the LA Rams against the Indianapolis Colts, one of the close games from the weekend, with the Rams finishing with the win, 27-24. The Rams are now 2-0. and The Colts are now 0-2. Important things for later on for our questions. 2-0 and versus 0-2. Or one and zero and one when it started. Um, the Rams kind of dominated for quite a while. Well, I say dominated, but the Rams were probably the better of the two teams quite a while. Colts brought it back thanks to some special teams kind of magic that always swings games. That's what uh, down the Browns really against the Chiefs, and it kind of worked against the Rams for a while in this. But they won with a game-winning field goal after Carson Wentz was taken out of the game, but. Matthew Stafford looking legit. Carson Wentz looking all right at times. Cooper Cup, oh my God. Like, what a receiver. Like, we all knew he was good, but like, I say we all knew he was good. Like, he's, again, another kind of route runner, possession receiver that probably wasn't getting his due because he's not making, you know, the flashiest of plays. But what a potential, like, breakout season this is going to be with a elite kind of quarterback at the helm. But... Yeah, that's kind of my quick review of the game. It was interesting to watch and see kind of the Rams, how they're going to look this season versus the Colts and how their season's going to go. So I guess my first kind of question is, oof, let's do the Colts first. The Colts, 0-2 in a conference, arguably better in, in the AFC than the NFC. I think we'd all agree, especially with our teams in there, the fact that you probably finish, well, last year you could finish uh, 11 and 5 or 10 and 6 with the Dolphins and they didn't make the playoffs. You know, are, are the Colts now at 0 and 2? Are they done? Is my question. Are they, are they realistically out of the playoffs now with Carson Wentz being injured and starting the season 0 and 2? Uh, let's go to Thorns. You say that, Shaps. I, I know, obviously, you haven't verbally said it, and the listeners will be like, what are you talking about? Looking at me and providing me with those gestures. I'm not going to lie. I think Thorns will pick the one that you don't want anyway, I'll be honest. Well, which one do you want? That's I'm going to say yes, they are done. Oh, okay. That's the one I wanted. Yeah, I was going to say, I thought Thorns would go the other way. Never mind, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, oh, what a stupid call by you. <laughs> Sucker, give me the win. Anyway. No, that's not how the game works. Thornsy. <laughs> Thornsy, yes, they are dead. Go. I kind of thought no anyways, but I thought that's one Shaps wanted. Oh, well. Okay, so yeah, they're done. I think, first and foremost, start at the top, Carson Wentz potentially spraining two ankles, both on the same play by Aaron Donald, which is just a hilarious story in well, and of itself. What's going to happen to Tom Brady this weekend, so... I'm not even that mad about it because well, I am a little bit. I actually like Brady now. Ah, good to <laughs> tell you to smoke. 
<laughs> but I actually do. I think anyway, that's not the point. Cosmos being injured is a huge problem for the Colts because they're coming on with Jacob Eason. They've promoted Brett Hundley from the from the practice squad. That's that's a big danger. And and he's getting injured behind. I know it was against a great D line, but against one of the better O lines over the last couple of years, which is hugely worrying. And if Carson Wentz can't produce behind that O line, what chance have the backups got for the rest of the season? Should his injuries linger, which is fairly common with sprained ankles we've seen especially when you sprain both of your ankles at the same time so that firstly is a huge worry Jonathan Taylor hasn't played very well in the first couple of games I know he didn't at the beginning of last season either but he really hasn't this year I think he's I don't know what he's at I think he's only got like 100 yards from two games or something like that which is also very worrying considering he's one of their best players on offense T.Y. Hilton is still injured there's all of these things that are like coming together on this you know, it's very worrying on the offense and the defense, which is very good, is you know, hasn't didn't really stop the Rams particularly well, couldn't stop the Seahawks all that well either. It's like I haven't watched the games, I have to confess, as as a hands on heart, all that kind of stuff. I haven't watched hearts, haven't watched the games, didn't see where they exactly went wrong. But just on the face of things, that's worrying. But I think the even more worrying thing for the Colts is that the Titans looked smoking hot in the second half of their game against the Seahawks, which puts their challenge for the division title definitely, you know, under under a lot of pressure and possibly even out of reach if the Titans can keep playing like that. The Texans have looked a lot better than a lot of people expected as well, which again puts pressure on the Colts to win their division matchups. I'm not going to talk about Jaguars because that's we're just there's just no point. That'll completely ruin the argument. But what's more worrying is the rest of the AFC, if they can't get to that top spot, which is unlikely for Titans to play like they did. There's also another thing, just to interject, uh, Derek Henry is now improving his receiving game. He had like a career high in receptions, yards and touchdowns last week against the Seahawks, which is terrifying considering he's been the best running back in an era that prioritises receiving backs. He's the best running back despite never catching the ball, averaging like 15 receptions first season. You're forgetting of Nicholas Chubb? Well, yeah. Right, I'm not getting. I'm not getting into this. Okay, this is a discussion for another. Well, then don't day. make a don't make a declaration you don't believe in, bro. What was the declaration? That Henry was the best running back in. Uh, that Henry was the best running back in the league. How could you deny? He just ran for two thousand yards. Look, anyway, I'll let you carry on lying <laughs> to yourself. <laughs> anyway, if Derek Henry is playing that well. The Titans are playing as well as they did in that fourth quarter. There's no way the Colts are going to win the division title, like especially having lost that first game to them. Then you look at the AFC West and the fact that we could definitely see all four of those teams in the playoffs. Fact. That's not even coming from a Raiders fan. That That's a fact. The Chiefs are the best team in the NFL. Asterix or whatever. For The Chargers might dud out, though. That whatever. No, but even the Chargers, Justin Herbert made some throws that, that are like people have rarely ever seen. And they and they lost against a pretty decent. That's not the point either. The point is, the Chiefs, the Chargers, the Raiders, the Broncos are all playoff contenders this year. The AFC East, never mind. The AFC North, the Ravens just beat the Chiefs. The Steelers beat the Bills in Week One, who are you know one of the powerhouses. And the, and then even the Browns are playing well. Like, I don't think the Colts' biggest competition. You don't look at the AFC South and say the Colts are under pressure from any of these teams there. You look at the, the AFC South, except the Titans. You look at you see the Colts aren't going to beat the Titans in their division so then you have to say who who is going to beat them from the rest of the AFC and there's so many teams that it seems like 
if they can't get ahead of the Titans, which I definitely don't think they can, they're not making the playoffs, and therefore, yeah, their season is done. So to recap quickly, Carson Wentz being injured is ruining is ruining them for now. The fact that 0-2 and down against the Titans is incredibly dangerous because the rest of the AFC is so strong this year that they really have to win this week or they're out of it. And even if they do win this week, I think the damage is, is really done psychologically and, and points-wise. Good luck, chaps. <laughs> the star is born is not just an emotional roller coaster of a film featuring Bradley Cooper. It's also what we saw on Sunday. I am talking, of course, about Michael, the pit dog. Yeah, boy. Like, Love it. 123 yards. You know, he's, you know it's good. He, you know it's good when it goes one, two, three, because that's how you know he stopped. He could have got more, but he stopped because he was like, oh, that's a cool number. How good did he look? And that is a player who literally is a dump-off option, man. This this team, look, this team is just like, there's a difference between being bad and starting slow. They've lost to the Seahawks and the Rams. Everyone knows the Seahawks are hot. Russell Wilson is always, let, let Russ cook, let Russ cook, let Russ cook. The, uh, the, the, the Seahawks were... Um, were Super Bowl favourites at the start of last year. They always are, because they always start hot. I know they lost to the Titans, but Derrick Henry had probably one of the best games in recent NFL history, so I'll, I'll allow it. Um, yeah, like, what, what, what do you want me to say? Like, they lost to... the. It's like it's like being Aston Villa and going, oh, yeah, we've had a poor start to the season. We've lost to City and Chelsea. Like, this, the Rams team is stacked... The Seahawks team is, again, a stacked powerhouse team. You're talking about two 11-win teams there, minimum. And they've lost They've lost to both of them. Yes, I understand it's not an ideal start to the season, but you've got to realise, like, stuff happens. Like, you've got to roll with the punches. Carson Wentz missed the whole preset to camp. People didn't think he'd be ready week one because he, he had a broken foot. He ended up coming back and playing. Yes, he's got sprained ankles, but if there's one man that knows how to come back from an injury, it's Carson Wentz, mainly because he has plenty of practice at it. Um, Q Nelly, the man himself, he was injured. When Q Nelly's back, you'll tell it like, like that, that run game's going to start picking and pounding. Like, yes, Jonathan Taylor, Fawnsy literally gave me the point. Taylor started slow last year. He picked up and he had a banger of a season. Let's not forget how stacked this running back room in Indy is. It's just player after player. Like, don't get me wrong, I don't think they've got an elite, elite guy, but they've got, they've just got, like, they've got running back by committee, really. I know Taylor is the lead man, but they can run him back by committee with three starters in the NFL. And, like, not many teams can say that. Like, I, I, I don't know what you want me to say. Like, I like the defense, I like the offense, the O line is second maybe not second yeah probably it's top five in the league at least like the running game will come and when the running game comes the passing game gets easier Michael Pittman looks ready to take a chunk out of the NFL and spit it out with anger and pure bursts of masculinity while he makes his little YouTube videos with his girlfriend um but yeah (laughs) Have you had a spliff in between, like, <laughs> chances to talk? You've got very poetic and enthusiastic as a, 
<laughs> no, when Fawzi was rambling on, I did think of my opening line, the, uh, the stories, <laughs> but I can't lie. I thought of it after like after like Fawzi's first couple sentences and I was like, that's locked away. Uh, very good points on both sides, to be fair. Very pa- passionate as well. A <laughs> uh, couple of things to think about as well, I suppose, is that, yeah, although Thornsey said the Texans have looked good through two games, MVP candidate Tyrod Taylor is down now for the next couple of weeks, as he does. You know, he only survives a couple of games and then he's done. Uh, so the Texans may go back to being, you know, the Texans that we all know and live with. And the Jaguars look crap. So, not a very good division, other than the Titans that have figured it out after one game off. And so there's, you know, potential for a couple of wins there. And also, the Colts have been without T.Y. Hilton uh, for the past couple of weeks, who, although aging and hasn't shown the same stats the past couple of seasons, is still kind of one of those important options that kind of diversifies that offense. So just a bit not you know, adding to anyone's points really, but just a bit of food for thought there. Right, let's move on to the next question, the final question, this kind of review section. Um, do you think his stat line wasn't as amazing this week, but still looks sick with a genuine O-line, genuine receiving core? Is Matthew Stafford an MVP candidate or a legitimate MVP candidate? Shaps, you may... Go first. Whoa! Nah, you're joking, my fella. Um, one second. So what I'm thinking is I'm going to take the affirmative. Ooh. Matthew Stafford is an MVP candidate. Boom, boom. MVP, most valuable player. That is the player who adds the most value. Value in the NFL is wins. Wins or Super Bowls. Matthew Stafford has taken this Rams team to the next level. Before he joined, yes, they got to a Super Bowl, but then are you telling me that Rams team ever really looked like winning a Super Bowl with Jared Goff at the helm? No. he that Jared Goff is a Daniel jo- uh, Jones-esque bum. Like, they just they just aren't good quarterbacks in the NFL. Like, just look at him in Detroit. Like, the, just adding him has made that team so much better. And the, the important thing here is to remember the MVP candidate voting. It will go to the best. It will go normally to the best quarterback on one of the top four teams. I'm telling you right now, with that Rams roster, they are a top four team. Yeah? Yeah? Not taking any if, buts and maybes there. I only do absolutes. And that Rams roster is a top four team. And Matthew Stafford is going to be the only newcoming quarterback to a top four team. The only newcoming quarterback to a top four team who's elevated that team to the top four level. Of course he's going to win the MVP. Whenever, like, think about it. Whenever a season like that happens, Matt Ryan with the with the with the um, Falcons. Um, that's a, what? That's a really weird thing that took me a while to get that. Matt Ryan with the Falcons. He ha- he elevated them that year to a top four team. Boom, MVP. Yeah, people like you got to remember the reason why LeBron doesn't have like a t- bajillion MVPs 
is because the voters like change. They like seeing a new guy come in and win MVP. They don't like voting for the same guy every year. You see it all over the shop in all manner of sports. Uh, sort of, it's sort of like longevity bias. You're going to see it against Brady. You're going to see it against Mahomes. Uh, Derek Carr might take it off him because obviously Derek Carr is one of the best players in the league at the moment. Why are you feeding Thornsey points like that? But uh, no, I just wanted to see his, his happy face when I said about the, Ra- the Raiders doing well. I also thought it was interesting to see an uh, economist use the uh, use the unit uh, bajillion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know what I mean, though? Like, like the, you when MVP voting happens, the voting's normally done off the story. Matt Stafford's come out of Detroit where he's had bad team after bad team after bad team. Everyone's known he's one of the best players in the league for God knows how long. Everyone's known it. Even Fawnsey, look, you can see that twinkle in his eye. He knew it. Like, Matt Stafford's been playing at a Rodgers-esque level, but just on a team that is dog. He's now got this good team, uh, and he has the story. He's the prince that was promised. The Rams have been waiting for this quarterback to take them there. He is that guy, the prince that was promised. He is the storyline. He is the emotional tender that's going to take, that's going to get all the voters. And to be fair, he's probably like, don't get me wrong, Mahomes might have a better season. Brady might have a better season, but they don't have a better story. And that's what, that's what wins you MVP. Yeah, it's a valuable point right at the end there. Uh, Thornsey, why is Matt Stafford a bum? <laughs> quote Ed Chaplin. <laughs> Dan Jones is a bum. He knows. I was gonna say he probably he's gonna get like a tattoo as motivation. Do you know when like Stefan Diggs at the end of the AFC Championship game last year watched the Chiefs celebrate? It's gonna be the same thing. Daniel Jones is gonna use Shap's quote as motivation to become <laughs> the MVP next year. Anyway, sorry, Thorns. Why is Matt Stafford a bum? Okay. So, I think it's impossible to argue that Matt Stafford isn't a great quarterback. I think it's impossible to argue the Rams aren't a great team. And on that, I rest my case. Thank you very much, Fonzie. <laughs> yeah, I hope you can pull this back, Thorns. <laughs> I'll try. Okay. It's a difficult question because... Uh, All right. No, yeah, it's impossible to argue either of those things because I think they're both very much true. So I think the first thing to say is are the Rams really going to be the best team in the NFC this year? The Packers look good on, on Monday night against the Lions, blah, blah, blah. And like Shab says, like MVP is always decided by the the best player on the best team. So this kind of tumbles into the question of are the Rams really the best team, especially when you look how difficult the NFC West is going to be this year. They have to play two games against the Cardinals, two games against the Niners, two games against the Seahawks. If we take the Seahawks, like go completely the opposite view to the last point about the Colts and look at the Seahawks for their first half of that game they played against the Titans. That's, that's not, they're six very difficult games that they have to play. So that straight away says, you know, this this could be the difference between this Rams team going, say, 17 games, I mean, going like 15 and 2, 14 and 3 and going 12 and 5, 13 and 4, something like that, like that kind of difference, which doesn't mean a lot, it may not mean a lot at the end of the season, but could definitely mean a lot compared to other teams who whose quarterbacks are in the MVP race. So I think like 
Matt Stafford is it is an MVP candidate? Yeah, but are the the Rams gonna be like the second, third, second, first best team in the NFL when you look at how well the Bucks have come out? When you look at how well the Chiefs are gonna play for the rest of the season with the Ravens lost notwithstanding, when you look at how the Ravens are gonna play, even and then you have the underdogs like the Raiders coming through. It's like all these teams could arguably present a better case for being the key team than the Rams. And the, and the Rams obviously smoked the Bears in week one, but then Stafford struggled a little bit against the Colts. He threw two touchdowns, threw a pick, 270 yards. Like, those aren't numbers that are going to get you MVP, especially when Brady is throwing, like, nine touchdowns, when Pat Mahomes is going to keep doing Pat Mahomes things, when Derek Carr is throwing over 800 yards. And that's not from a Raiders perspective. That's, like, again... Stats. Stats is what makes American sports go go tick. So if tick, go tick. tick yeah, but you're telling me, you know, but it doesn't, it doesn't, like, look at, what I'm saying is look at TJ Watt versus Aaron Donald. Stats didn't win. TJ Watt had better stats, but TJ Watt wasn't as good as a story as everyone, just as Aaron Donald getting his third defensive MVP. But I don't think, I don't think it's as relevant in the quarterback discussion when... And then wins don't come into defensive player of the year either, firstly. And then I just I just think that stats are still going to be like the defining factor. I think if you look at a guy that throws for 5,000 yards, X amount of touchdowns, <clears throat> more than, than the, the other guy, like, I, I think, I, I don't know. I just, I think that to say Matt Stafford is a surefire MVP candidate, there's just so many other options that are there that could win it that make you think, I don't know. I don't know. So I think as well, I always think with Sean McVay quarterbacks is like, is it the system? Is it the court? Actually, that's a really bad argument. Scrap that. Scrap that. That's a really bad argument. But yeah, I think that Matt Stafford is a great quarterback. The Rams are one of the best teams in the NFL. But their schedule is going to be so tough. There's so many other good quarterbacks out there playing really well this year. And when you look at a guy that's come out and has thrown... 600 yards and five touchdowns compared to someone like Brady who's thrown, don't know how many yards, but throwing nine touchdowns compared to Derek Carr who's thrown 800 yards and <clears throat> I want to say four touchdowns, but it might be five, might even be three, but 800 yards and is leading the arguably much weaker Raiders team to an equally impressive record. Touch wood. <laughs> and, you know, I think the debate becomes a lot hazier. And and even in that sense, the Rams' strength could undermine Stafford's case for MVP. Nice. Uh, thanks, boys. Some uh, Lots of good points there. Um, I think the winners of kind of both questions aren't going to be necessarily reflected in my own viewpoints, but more kind of, again, how you kind of presented it. And in terms of the Colts, I, I would say that I probably would agree that the Colts are done. Sorry, Thorns. But however, their passion emblazed in his speech means that Shaps wins the first question. Uh, and I thought he was going to... Was it the opening Was it the opening line? That oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was sold from then. He, uh, Thorns, uh, I started it with good luck, Shaps, because Thornsy raised some incredible points. And then you, you blew me out of the water. So fair play. However, I was going to give you the double win because I do agree that Matthew Stafford is in the conversation for a legitimate MVP candidate. However, Thornsey raises a very good point that I had not considered that he is in the best division realistically in football and that those stat lines are going to get depleted 
realistically, and it is a stats-driven sport. It's a stats-driven country, uh, and that could haze his potential to get uh, MVP. So Thornsey can't Pro- have a three-way tie, surely. We can. I mean, it seems diplomatic. I'll tell you what. Oh, I've got a good idea. Why don't we let oh, the finally? Views... <laughs> why, why don't we let the um, why don't we let the listeners decide? So after the episode goes live, we'll give it a couple of days and put a poll on Instagram. Yeah, definitely. And I will get every account I can find. <laughs> myself. If it means that much to you, Shabs, then I'm not bothered about that. <laughs> if that's what you stoop to, you go ahead. Uh, but nice work, gentlemen. There were lots of good points raised there. Um, lots of things to really consider. And again... Let us know if you're listening what what you think. Like, there's lots of questions that we covered there and we argued for. And if if you feel really really passionately about one of those things, let us know. Uh, cool. Let's move on. And we've done the review section, and we're going to head straight into our preview section. And we're going to keep this very very short and sweet this week. I'm going to take you through uh, the fixtures or the games as listed on nfl.com as of time of recording uh, through Thursday night football all the way through to Monday night football and we're very quickly not even going to really kind of give you our reasons why but we're kind of just going to tell you who we think is going to win each of those games and we start off with Thursday night football and we've got the Houston Texans on the road against the Carolina Panthers Uh, for me the Carolina Panthers look hot and the Panthers take this one Sam Darnold I believe Shaps who you got Texans or Panthers uh, Panthers, Texans are playing a rookie QB in his first start. Easy. Yeah, fair enough. Thorns? Panthers. <laughs> fair enough. It really is going to be short and sweet. Uh, oh, after we just talked about... Uh, so we head into the Sunday night uh, slate of games at six o'clock. We've got the Indianapolis Colts travelling to the Tennessee Titans. For me, they looked sick in that second half against Seattle. Tennessee Titans, they take this one on at home. Derek Henry beautiful man uh let's just keep the same order shaps uh to beat the titans you have to get scores on the boards quickly i think that colts offense needs to be a bit quicker and get a bit grinding quicker so i think the titans will just be able to ground and pound their way to the win so titans yeah thorns yeah titans especially if Wentz is injured they do, they do have a weakness though the titans and that is obviously getting scores on the, like if you get scores on early against them but I don't think the Colts can do that. Yeah, they just, oh. they just had a massive comeback win against Seattle. Like, mm, true. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> he raises a good point, and not even using the air attack either, fully the ground attack. But anyway, <laughs> ah well. Uh, next game, the battle for the number one pick. Actually, no. To be fair, that's probably a lie. There's probably definitely a Zach Wilson-led team that are going to get the number one pick. Um. <laughs> The Atlanta Falcons play against the other team in New York, the other also crap team, the New York Giants. The Atlanta Falcons win this just because Matt Ryan and my boy Kyle Pitts uh, and also the Giants are crap, even though they've added. crap. So Falcons, Chaps, who you got? Falcons win because they've got they've got uh, Carpet himself. And they were also playing against the biggest bum in the whole of football, Dan, Dan Jones. Again, say it with your chest, bro. Make your, make your, uh, stop, stop sitting on the fence. Uh, Thornsy, who you got? Uh, Giants. Ooh! I did not know I was capable of making that noise. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> Why don't you like carpets? 
I love carpets, but uh, can we make this into a wood reference? Yeah, sure. it's flooring. Um, tiling. 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 The cracks are showing tiling. in that Falcons team. Cracks. I have no idea. Um, no, I do. I do really like carpets. We've actually got wood floors now in our house, but they're not as nice. They're a bit um, cold underfoot. Anyway, moving um, swiftly on. <laughs> no, yeah, no, Giants. Um, no, I just think the Giants actually have looked kind of good. And, yeah, Ben, you're going for the win. Great. Uh, you, you've heard Shaps feelings there, but there you go. Uh, your LA Chargers are playing at Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas win this. They're hurting. The Chargers, for some reason, aren't releasing Justin Herbert. He's playing sick, but they're kind of playing very safe. And our red zone offense needs to get better. Um, and I just worry that they're not going to let Justin Herbert fling the ball around as much as he should be. He should be getting a ridiculous amount of pass attempts for a game. So Chiefs for me, Chaps. Ditto to pretty much all of that. Um, they yeah, they've been they've been riding not they've not been riding uh, Herbert as much as I thought. On the bright side, it makes my decision to draft uh, Austin Eckler high in. One of my leagues looked even better. So, you know, there's always silver linings. But yeah, I think Casey, after that loss, are going to come out. Andy Reid's going to be fired. And I just can't see, I can see him firing on about. As in pumped up, not as in he's going to lose his job. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, as in pumped up. He's going to have been sat there angrily munching on his McDonald's, trying to get his Monopoly stickers, <laughs> just, just seething all week. Yeah, you're not wrong. Uh, Thornsey? Chiefs. Oh, no. <clears throat> Yeah, simple. That's a shame, really, but there you go. Uh, the Cincinnati Bengals travel to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh Steelers, for me, Bengals, too inconsistent. I really like what they're doing, um, but I think the Steelers at home are going to win this. They always kind of start the season uh, all right. Who did they play last week? Who did the Steelers play last week? Raiders. Oh, yeah. I forgot. That game my, predi- my prediction of them not being able to cover everyone turned out to be true. Well done. Incredible. You can see the future. Anyway, Steelers bounce back against the Bengals team that are just two up and down and really look good against the Vikes, but didn't look as good against the Bears last week. So, yeah, Steelers. Steelers, again, for the same reason that I picked the Raiders to beat them. I think their weakness is they struggle with their small defence to cover big, dominant tight ends since you don't have one. And if you don't have one, there's not many other holes in that Steelers defence. So, Steelers. Steelers as well. You really? Uh, do you want to? Do you want to go a bit earlier in the projections, Fonzie? <laughs> <laughs> Are we taking all your points? Is that what's happening? No, well, I can add to them if you want. I just Steelers D front, D front. Yeah, it's too good. I think. Um, yeah. Right. Uh, next, we have the Chicago Bears heading to the Cleveland Browns. The Browns win. There you go, chaps. Let's go, brownies. Justin Field, set for his first start, does scare me. But, however, he hasn't looked great, really, when he's played. I'm a massive Justin Fields fan. But, obviously, it takes a bit of time as a rookie quarterback. For all we know, it could be one of the great stories that he comes in against the Browns and stomps us, knowing our luck. I mean, that sounds like it could happen, but the Browns just have so much power on that team. Very depleted at receiver, but Demetri- uh, Demetrius Felton? No, Derek Felton. What's Demetri- 
Dimitri, yeah, was right. Dimitri mm-hmm. Felton yeah, looks like a, looks like he's more than ready to start. And yeah, and God, am I excited to watch him play more? He's so, for like a sit round pickup or whatever he was. Sorry, I won't I won't carry on for that too much. I'm just excited to see Felton get some good carries and reps, even on kick and punt returns. Before he was looking sweet. He's the only receiver one now, isn't he? <laughs> Uh, no, OBJ's supposed to be back, I think. Oh, uh, is he? Fair enough. Anyway, Thorns, who you got in this game? Um, I was going to ask quickly, Shaps, do you think Dimitri Felton's emergence spells the end for Kareem Hunt? I think I, I actually said this before when I was talking to someone. Uh, when when Corn drafted... Uh, actually, I can't remember who said it. Actually, it was in my other league. It wasn't Corn. It was, it was in my other league. Someone drafted Hunt, and I went, that's silly because the Browns drafted... Uh, F- uh, Felton to replace Hunt. Like I, I think the second that draft decision was made, it was to replace Hunt. You can't have two running backs with that much cap hit on your roster. And I, honestly, I really like Hunt, but Felton looks really hot as a prospect. And yeah, so like I'm not mad because the Browns have to start saving money somewhere. So yeah, I agree. I, I think the second they drafted him, I thought the sort of blood was in the water. Yeah, they'd have to pay him at some point. So again, they already are paying him. 10 yeah, I know. I mean, I mean, again. So may as well move on. Thorns, who you got in this game? Uh, Bears. Have Bears. You? Yeah, I'm just inspired by the defense and the. I did with Fields. I feel like it's one of them games which is like you don't necessarily think it's going to happen, mm. but I, I, you think I've it's going to wor- happen. I've got a worrying suspicion in the back of my heart. And the, uh, just because, just because, like, <laughs> in the back of my head, uh, just just because I I feel like if if Justin Fields, who I've been such a vocal supporter of, is going to have a massive breakout, I'm ready to be the next best NFL player game against someone. It just would be the Browns in his first start. So, also, Shap's carrying on the tradition of getting <laughs> very common catchphrases just slightly wrong. <laughs> This is quite a nice uh, character twerk. Quirk. <laughs> I just did it. Character quirk of yours. You need to. Uh, you need to work instead of quirk. If you uh, if you actually ever do this uh, blooper reel, you should make a reel of my uh, incorrect sayings. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I'm sure I'll do that at some point when we're all famous and that. Um, <laughs> uh, anyway, we'll move on. Um, the Baltimore Ravens travel to the Detroit Lions. Ravens. Yeah. Chaps. Um, Ravens, just because they be balling, and the Lions have Jared Goff, who's Daniel Jones' bumness levels. Oh God! Swift is looking very good though, but he's also unfit. So I'm excited to see what if this is unfit. Who you got in this game? Okay, Uh, Ravens. But that being said, Jared Goff's touchdown to TJ Hawkinson against the Packers was a thing of beauty. If you didn't see it, fair enough. Um, the New Orleans Saints travel to the New England Patriots. I actually think uh, I'm going to chuck this as a bold prediction out there for the weekend. This might be the lowest scoring game of the weekend. I think this could finish like 13-10, like 15-12 field goal, field goals, um, something like that. I've got the Patriots to win this. It's in Gillette. Yeah. yeah ditto. Um, Bill Belichick at Masterpiece. If anyone knows how to trick Winston into seven interceptions, it's Belichick. <laughs> That's such a good point, uh, Thornsey. 
have Patriots as well. Yeah, fair enough. It's weird. Interesting, considering I think the Saints are the favourites in it. We've yeah. all won Patriots. You, uh, uh, two weeks ago, the Saints beat the Packers 38-3, like, or 35-3, whatever it was. It's weird, isn't it? Oh, they stink. And now, I know, two weeks later, well, a week and a half later, as of time recording. Is this the Jameis Winston effect? <laughs> yeah, it fully is. I do not believe in Jameis. There we go. Anyway, the Arizona Card- Cardinals travel to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Arizona Cardinals, Kyler Murray, to quote Shapland, be balling. Over to you, Shaps. Yeah, Kyler be balling, Jags be stinking. Yeah, fair enough. Thorns? Gods. Yeah, fair enough. Is, is that, I presume that's all you've got to say on the matter. Yeah. Oh, I can say more. Can you? I'm not going to lie. I can't. <laughs> if you can, I'll be incredibly impressed. Yeah. Elba Meyer, he can join the bomb squad, chaps. There you go. Oh, there we go. <laughs> yeah. Bombs. No, don't shout. Shout in that. Oh, God. That might, be the, that might have to be the title. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Bomb squad. Oh, God. Uh, we go to upstate New York where the Washington football team are playing the Buffalo Bills. This one was quite tough for me. Um, this was probably one of my closer matchups. I wanted to say the football team, but I think the Bills have potentially figured it out and they haven't even fully released Josh Allen yet. So I'm going to go with the Bills here. Chaps? Bills, just because as much as I like parts of that offense in Washington, I don't think they're going to be able to sling it if the Bills do start slinging it with Allen and start putting up scores. I don't think Washington can keep the pace. Thorns? Uh, Bills. But I think this has the potential for, for an upset, like you said. Yeah, I think so. I think it'll be closer than people think. I think Taylor Heineke is a low-key. It has the potential to be kind of like that kind of Marcus Mariota role, that like a, a coveted like backup year to year in the future. He's going to be like quite a, a trade piece, I think. For like Marcus Mariota even a coveted backup anymore? Yeah, someone will want him. Other than he got injured he in the injured? first week yeah. after a 31 yard rush. But there you go, prove my point. Anyway, one, one carry, 31 <clears throat> yards. yards. <laughs> and then uh, injury. Yeah, and then. Anyway, we've ended the early slot. Uh, early Slater games. We head to the late games on Sunday uh, and we start off with the New York Jets versus the Denver Broncos. Denver Broncos, like, what is their schedule, man? They're riding, like, such an easy start. Giants, Jags, Jets, back-to-back. Like, 3-0 and the Broncos go. Do you reckon there's some oh, Denver sick. I'm so good at rhyming. Do you reckon there's some Denver fans there that if they win this game are going to be like, like who just don't understand and they're going to be so hyped? I, 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 yes, I worry. But anyway, the Denver Broncos to win. The Jets, I'm not going to lie. Again, another kind of bold predict. I say, I, this isn't bold, really. Uh, the Jets don't score a point this weekend. They don't score or they score a field goal. That's what I'm saying. Chaps, what do you think about this game? Shout out Zach Wilson for proving that Sam Darnold wasn't the issue. The Jets are. They stink. Their organisation stinks. Um, I do have some good players, but I just don't think they're going to win this one. J-E-T-S, Jets! <laughs> so, yeah, just, just I'm going Broncos. Is Zach Wilson in the bomb squad or is the Jets in the bomb squad? It's, it's, the, it's the bums. The, like, the New York bums. 
the New York bums. They're, they're, they're literally the butt fumble team. Like, <laughs> they are the bums. bums. <laughs> uh, yeah, I agree. Broncos. Not, not much more to say. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, ooh. <sighs> the Miami Dolphins travel to the Oakland Raiders. Uh, the Oakland Raiders win this. Another team in the AFC West that goes 3-0 uh, as the Chargers continue to, continue to falter. Buzzing. Uh, Dolphins having to start Jacoby Brissett behind a bum squad of an offensive line. Uh, uh, the poor, the poor mm. Dolphins uh, had such a good year last year, but there's genuine potential to struggle here. Um, yeah, Raiders. Shaps. D Wall, Dare and the gang are going to tear him up. D Waller, I think that was. Um, just to dead, trans- dead, dead, just dead, to translate dead, for the people that speak English. <laughs> on, on, yeah. yeah, that offense just looks too hot. It's got to stop at some point. <laughs> yeah, but I'm going to say Raiders. But I think this has the perfect is a perfect storm of a trap game. No. Yeah, Blue Mountain State now. season season three last game free season yeah free last game of the season. Yeah. No, season two last game of the season. Oh, for God's sake. Right. Yeah, yeah it's gone, Thorn. Sorry. Uh, just backup QB coming in. Dolphins coming off a bad loss. Raiders going from playing like two of the best teams in the division to a team that hasn't been on that level. I think it has. It does have that recipe. But hopefully, you know, like I say, the offense is going to be good. The defense, I know I've kind of now made this a full analysis. But, yeah, I think Max, Max Crosby, Yannick and Gakwe, if, if they're both fit and healthy against that offensive line, should hopefully... Be a treat to watch. Uh, yeah, boy's going to eat. Um, potential for uh, one of the highest scoring games of the weekend here. Seattle Seahawks play the Minnesota Vikings. Um, I've actually stuck my neck out here a bit. I've got the Minnesota Vikings. I think the Seattle Seahawks kind of fell off that second half against the Titans. And yes, the offense did kind of play well. Um, and the Vikes defense isn't great. But I think that's what the Vikes are built towards this year is is trying to outscore teams rather than stop teams. Um, and I think the pieces are there. This is dependent on whether or not Dalvin Cook plays. If Dalvin Cook doesn't play, because obviously he got hurt twice last weekend, then the Seahawks win. If Dalvin Cook plays, I'm sticking with the Vikings. Shaps? Is um, Joe Thingy playing for the Seahawks this week? Who? Joe Mama. <laughs> Got him. Um, I'm saying Seahawks just. <laughs> I'm saying uh, Seahawks just because uh, Minnesota and especially Kirk Cousins have always had the issue of beating the better teams, and I just think when push comes to shove, they sh- they really do struggle against the better teams, and Seattle was one of them. I don't trust in Kirk Cousins. I don't know why I mean Thorns. He give you airtime. Uh, Thorns, who you got winning this game? I've also got the Vikings. Nice. Um, yeah, I think Mike Zimmer said they were two plays away from being 2-0. and Dalvin Cook's fumble in overtime and the missed field goal. So 0-2 isn't a real accurate representation of how this team is. Also, I want to apologise because last week I said it's not going to be a question of who's going to win. It's going to be a question of how much the Cardinals win by. And I want to take that back because the Ravens probably should have won that game. So The Vikings. Oh yeah, was you can't take it. You can't take back your take after it happened. After you've been proved wrong, hey, he's not taking back his take. He's apologising for his take. 
Well, he said taken back. When Daniel Jones throws for 400 yards <laughs> Sunday, I, 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 know, I, I mean, if there was ever a week that he could, this is the week. I will never take back that because Daniel Jones is a bum. <laughs> he is captain, <laughs> offensive coordinator, head coach, general, man- general manager, and head of scouting for the bum squad. <laughs> Oh, for God's sake. Uh, I don't know if you can have that many positions, but there you go. Um, right. This The game that's probably, oh, one of two, the next two, to be fair, are probably the games we're going to talk about as potential games of the weekend. I think this has the potential to not disappoint, but not be as high scoring as people think it could be, much like the Chargers and Cowboys was last week. Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers play the LA Rams. On paper, could be a, a scoring fest. But I think the Bucks might slow down a little bit this week. Not necessarily that that carries on going forwards, um, but they might slow down for the week. And same with the Rams. Uh, I do have the Bucks winning because I just think Tom Brady is basically in playoff form already. Somehow, um, yeah, I just think I just think the Bucks are too good. Shaps. Who are the two teams? <laughs> Joe. Uh, no, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the LA Rams. Oh, um, oh God, that is a good game. Is that on this weekend? Yeah, 9.25, British oh, Tampa. For standard God's time. sake, oh, I'm going to be very tired for work on Monday. Aren't we um, all, this is the NFL. There's always a random good game. <laughs> um, I'm going to say the Rams, just because I was hyping them up earlier. Nice. No other reason. Thorns. <laughs> Um, Dare ask me who the two teams are, I swear to God. <laughs> Bucks. Bucks, yeah. Cool. <laughs> Great. Um, Sunday night football. This is the, potentially the other argument for game of the weekend. The Green Bay Packers. Are you listening, chaps? <laughs> the Green Bay Packers head to the Bay Area to play the San Francisco 49ers. I worry about the quarterback situation in San Francisco. They allowed the Lions to come back. I know that's not, you know, those two points don't go together because they were so far ahead anyway. Um, And they weren't as convincing against the Eagles last weekend as they probably should have been. So I'm going to go the Packers who Aaron Rodgers again, anytime Aaron Rodgers is kind of like Michael Jordan in the regard of like the last dance when anyone said anything against Michael Jordan, like when Karl Malone won MVP and Michael Jordan was like, that's enough. I'll beat them now in the playoffs. Aaron Rodgers had an awful first game against the saints and all the people well, like I say, all what people. made me laugh is he literally didn't. He literally didn't care that he had an awful game. No, he didn't care. But at all the kind of press said, "Oh, like we're not getting the same Aaron Rodgers this year," and that's what he cared about coming out of the win uh, against the Lions. He went. Uh, he, I think the quote was something like, "I don't know why you give those people a platform or like whatever," because you know I, I'm class basically. Um, and Aaron Rodgers was hurt, and I think that's going to ride through now that's going to be enough for him this season that he's going to start playing well again so the Packers win this one for me Shep uh, interesting because I thought I was going to pick the Packers and be on my own I didn't expect anyone else to say it my issue with the 49ers is they are, their team is based on that amazing running game 
Uh, Elijah Mitchell, I think, is the rookie, sixth round rookie that's starting, which is annoying considering I drafted Trey Sermon in so many fantasy leagues. He's an injury risk. Trey Sermon's in concussion protocol. Um, they've they've got like they've they've turned into the they've turned into the Ravens overnight. Like they've got no running backs. Like if Elijah Mitchell doesn't play and Trey Sermon's in concussion protocol, they're literally playing free agents and practice squad players as their starting running backs when their when their literal offense is built around the running game. Big big red flags. So I'm going for A Roddy and the boys. That's like a weird eighties band. Um <laughs> Thorns, what you got? Uh, Packers too. Ooh, um, yeah, clean sweet. I, I am very surprised at that. They I look good. I feel like I, I will disagree, and I think it might be a high, potentially a high-scoring game. Um, but I'm, I'm just not sold on Jimmy Garoppolo. No, you know. Um, but I also don't think the Packers front is good enough to like win the line of scrimmage. So I feel like in that sense, the That's Niners good. could get some points, but. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers yeah. is the man. Fair enough. Um, cool. And we head to the last uh, game of the week. We head to Monday Night Football where the Philadelphia Eagles travel to the Dallas Cowboys. I'm impressed with the coaching last weekend against the Chargers. I think for two weeks now, the coaching has really got the game right. And they were really unlucky against the Bucks, And... They nailed it against the Chargers. They kept Herbert contained, although that might be a bit of the Chargers as well. But, you know, they didn't ask Dak to do too much because they knew that it was going to be a close game so that he couldn't make mistakes. He threw one pick, fine. Herbert threw two. Like, he did enough. And I think, you know, the Eagles aren't in the same realm as the Bucks and arguably the Chargers. So, yeah, the Cowboys win this for me. Shaps, who you got? Uh... The Cowboys, just because Dak be Dak be a big person, I like. However, I think it's going to be a very close game because Eagles are a big surprise this year. Mm. We didn't really know what we were going to get, and we're getting more than I was expecting. So, I expect it to be a really good game, but I think the Cowboys will edge it. Thorns, Cowboys too. Yeah. It's, uh, it's interesting as well, isn't it? Because according to PFF, not that I, I don't know how much you guys kind of keep up or even believe in really the kind of those PFF grades because they are, you know, subject to a lot of, I say a lot of controversy, but, a lot, you know, different opinions and how much people buy into it. But according to PFF, Jalen Hurts is the second highest rated quarterback behind Tom Brady. So take from that what you will. Stats in terms of touchdowns and yards thrown and things like that don't matter as much I, I, I guess I don't kind of know the in, ins and outs of how they work out those grades but just some food for thought that he's the second highest rated quarterback in in the land in the land of football but uh <laughs> there you go there are our predictions uh nice one everybody let us know kind of what you're thinking and if you really disagree with any of the any of the picks that we had and yeah thank you for Listen to another episode with us. Uh, we reviewed some of the games from last week, predicted what's going to happen this week, and we can't wait to do much of the same next week. Enjoy the games this weekend, however you choose to watch them, whether you watch your team, the main game on whatever channel you're watching it on, or whether you choose to watch Red Zone. However you watch it this weekend, enjoy uh, the games. Nice and chaps. Catch you next week, mate. Peace. 
well, well rounded up. Uh, nice and thorns. Have a good week, mate. Very much. You too. Nice one, Ombre. Uh, catch you next week. Thank, thank you for having me. <laughs> still, still your quote, thorns. Uh, nice one, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. We will catch you very, very soon. Much love. Peace. Dad.